Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. I'll be reading verses 3 through 5 from the first chapter. Praise be to God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Good morning. My name is Ann Lovett. First of all, I'd like to thank this church for the caring and support they gave to Bill and I through his long illness. I specifically want to thank my flock deacon, Elda, and her husband, John. Bill and I knew Elda and John casually at first, but as his illness became more serious, I didn't realize how caring they could be. We didn't know much about the deacon ministry either. But when he got his diagnosis of advanced prostate cancer, we realized how much we needed Elda. As Bill's condition worsened, Elda's compassion and prayerful support increased. She and John arrived regularly, inevitably bringing some yummy comfort food, which they're very good at making. Somewhere along the line, as Bill's condition became more critical, meals began arriving on a regular basis in the evening. I had to ask Colleen, who's another pillar of this ministry, who was organizing all this bounty. As you might have guessed, it was my deacon, Elda, arranging with other church families to see that we had a hot meal at supper time. Bill in those last days grew increasingly weaker. He discontinued chemo and set up hospice in our family room. On Bill's last day of life, he began having breathing problems. The home aide and I upped his oxygen support level and administered morphine to try to ease his breathing. And as you might guess, I was pretty distraught. About six o'clock, the doorbell rings. And there was Eldon John with her arms full of supper dishes. I grabbed them both and I described our situation. We needed someone strong like John to help turn Bill, to help his breathing. John dived in and worked with a health aide to reposition Bill. As it turned out, Eldon and John were the last people alive to see Bill alive. He died at, at 11.20 that night. I am grateful to be a part of a church that holds up Christ. This church not only has great worship and teaching and preaching, but it manifests its mercy and love and compassion through the ministry of the deacons. One of my neighbors asked me about our church, and I was they were floored to find out what kind of care this church showed for us. As I recall all the devotion, and care. It's clear that John and Elda lived their faith by expressing the essence of Christianity, which is love. They are also there and stay with me to support me as we went through the valley of death 
and they're staying at my side as I try to manage a new world without my beloved husband. God bless you, Elda and John. As a recipient of the caring ministries in this, of this church, I am very grateful to be given the opportunity to give back to others. And I would like to say it has been a privilege and honor to serve as Bill and Ann's deacon. They are two very special people and have been such a blessing in my life. It's amazing how our Heavenly Father works. In my feeble attempts to offer encouragement and support to them, they gave me so much more. They have been an inspiration to me, and I can only hope to attain a few of the attributes of these two fine Christian servants. I thank God for the opportunity to serve as their deacon. Read now from Psalm 37, verse 25. I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, or their children begging bread. From the Gospel of Matthew, I'll be reading verses 14 through 16 of chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Good morning. I'm Rich Jackson, mainly known around the church as Kim Jackson's husband. And when Colleen asked me if I'd be willing to share some of my family's experiences with deacons, I thought back to Kim's talk last year when she was up here. And she told us that when God wants something done, he sends Colleen. So I knew I better not say no. First time I realized I was having a deacon experience was when Kim told me she was asked to apply to be a deacon. I had the natural husband reaction and asked, what does it pay? <clears throat> she looked at me kind of strange and told me it doesn't, so I quickly followed up with, do you get to wear a cool robe and do candlelight ceremonies? It's amazing she even talks to me. When she then proceeded to remind me of all the support and sympathy that we had received years before when her mother and her brother passed in quick succession. That I understood really well. We were fairly new to the church. We'd been shopping around for a new church after the uh, pastor of the church that, I'll say we, but it was mainly she went to in, in South Plainfield after he had left. So Kim had found the New Providence Presbyterian Church and was quickly feeling very welcomed. Her mom had suffered a moderately long illness, and when she passed, our house was immediately filled with people from the church, offering support, organizing food chains, looking to help in any way possible. Just a couple of weeks later, her brother passed very unexpectedly. The outpouring materialized then immediately. I was in awe of how caring and giving the people of this congregation were to people who were really relative strangers to them. 
Turns out that a good portion of those selfless caregivers were deacons, and they offer this kind of help to whoever may need it whenever they need it. It's probably the first time that I found myself discussing a church and congregation around the water cooler at work. I was really blown away by their kindness. About six months ago, it was my turn to need some help. My mom passed away in North Carolina, and she was originally from New Jersey, and most of her family resides here and, and friends. So we asked Colleen if we could have a memorial service for her here at the church. Once again, the deacons sprang into action for us. They set up a beautiful reception in Parish Hall after the memorial, supplying food and drink and service to so many of our friends and family on a very difficult day. Many of our guests commented on how welcoming and comforting they found our hosts to be, even though they only got to spend a couple hours with them. Now, I don't mean to imply that the only time you should seek out a deacon is when you've lost a loved one or are suffering in some other way. They're always there for fellowship, friendship, or just a willing ear to listen. You see, living with a deacon, I have a new appreciation for what it means. It means that I frequently hear, don't touch that and insert some wonderful smelling delicacy. That's for insert someone's name or some function. It means that I have to share my wife's time with people who need it more than I do. It means that we've actually become part of that caring congregation that drew us to the church to begin with. For a person like me who struggled with his spiritual path, the deacons could probably be better termed beacons. Through their compassion and service, they lit the way and opened the door and encouraged me to step through. For that, as well as all as they're caring for Kim and me when we needed it, I'll be forever grateful. Thank you. Hear now the words that Paul wrote to the Philippians. I'll be reading the first seven verses of the second chapter. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Hi, I'm Kate, and I'm in my second year as a deacon as part of the Caring Ministries. When I said yes to joining this ministry, I have to admit I really didn't know what it was all about and what it meant. Sure, I can be armed with a oven mitts and ready to show up with a casserole at a moment's notice, but what else is really involved here? What does it mean to serve one's flock? Because that's what he wants from us to serve each other, 
in that washing of disciples' dirty feet kind of way. To serve even when we've never heard the name on our flock list before. To serve even in the midst of our own frenetic and sometimes messy lives. To serve without pride or arrogance. To serve without expecting anything in return. And to serve with all of our heart. The answer I found is regular and ardent prayer and acts of kindness powered by his love. It's so simple, really. I had to admit that it's impossible for me to know what lies in the hearts of each person in my flock. But I do know who does know. I know who created the heavens and the earth, who crafted each person that I joyfully serve, and who has made a plan for each one of them. He, knew, he knows every thought before it is imagined, every word before it is said. I put my trust in him, and it is my prayer that the Holy Spirit guides me to be able to express through actions and in truth that he loves, he has a plan, and he is calling us to follow what we are told in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, to walk in the light, have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, will cleanse us from all our sin. So I pray. And after my prayer, I like to imagine a scene from the classic 1985 film, Back to the Future. There's a powerful moment at the culmination of the movie where the protagonist, Marty McFly, has only seconds to be at a specific point needed for the 1.21 gigawatts of power generated by a lightning bolt to reach the flux capacitor in his DeLorean and send him home. But there's a problem. So the eccentric Doc Brown has to swiftly race down the clock tower to reconnect the cable power into a socket at the precise moment the lightning strikes. And when it does, it works. Marty McFly is back home, safe and sound, where he belongs. And in this analogy, my flock members are Marty McFly. I'm Doc Brown. And the role of the lightning is played by the Holy Spirit, who intercedes for us and helps us to be safe in the arms of Jesus. But since that's a movie and this is real life, I'll stay right here on the front lines of prayer, armed with my oven mitts, channeling my best Doc Brown. <laughs>